Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Jesus' last command should be our first concern. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Hey, so glad you can be with us. We started a little series a few weeks back on uh, the nature of the church, and then we followed up with things the church does. And I made it really simple, not to oversimplify it, but sometimes if you can just break things down into their most bite-sized portions, it helps you. So we talked about the three manifestations of what the church does is it has an upward relationship with God, it has an inward relationship with the members of the body of Christ, and has an outward relationship with the world. So worship, body life, koinonia, and then evangelism. Okay, now let's be clear here. You don't wait till one is perfect until you do the next. But you also have to understand that you've got to be legitimately pursuing excellence in one to go to the next. So I think that the sequence I just gave you, I believe, is a biblical sequence. In other words, we worship God, and we define worship as not just what we do on a Sunday morning, but honor and excellence, honoring God and and living our life as excellence. You know, the way we treat people, the way we perform our job, uh, the way we conduct our life is an act of worship to God. And then the corporate church, when we come together, our first responsibility, our first privilege is the outward worship of God. And then the second thing that we do is we relate to one another, we show kindness to one another, we prefer one another, we talk about all the one another's in the Bible. Now, if you're not a perfect worshiper, your worship act is, you know, you're growing in grace, that doesn't mean that in, until you do that perfectly, then you can't start relating to one another. In other words, the, you, you're, you're, you're crawling towards it, you're moving toward it one step at a time, but you're cognizant that you've got to raise the water level on both those things. And then the last manifestation is evangelism. And I think this is where there's really some misconception that while we're waiting for the church to get perfect, then we're going to evangelize. I, I don't believe that at all, okay? But I also do believe that when you have inward integrity, then you can have outward expression. So we understand that our outward expression is tied to our inward integrity. And so the two have got to go together. But we don't have to wait till we're the perfect church. We don't have to wait till we do things perfectly. And we never have a rumble. We never have anybody mad. No one ever leaves our church. And then we'll do evangelism. No, it's sequential. But, but there is a pattern. So let's talk about the whole emphasis in the New Testament on evangelism. You know, there's an old saying... Uh, I heard it when I was a brand new believer that his last command ought to be our first concern. You know, in any type of a militaristic training venue, that's what they're going to remind you of. What was the last thing Jesus told us to do? Go into all the world and make disciples. Now, here's what he didn't say. Let the church, like as an organization, go into all the world and make disciples. Who makes disciples? Disciples make disciples. The first law in the Bible is that things reproduce after their own kind. 
And so there has been a, a, a breakdown in the most negative sense of many spectators in the church wanting the fivefold ministry to do evangelism or, or doing evangelism by program. And I believe that. Doing evangelism that is strategic. I believe in doing that. But far and away, we're going to have the most influence when the average believer, whatever they look like, you might think I'm just the average believer, and maybe you are, maybe you're not, I don't know what that is, when we share our faith and realize that we have living bread to give to one another. And until that is drummed into the heart of the believer from the day of their spiritual conception when they're born again, that they have the responsibility and the privilege of bringing others to Christ, then anything else we do outside of that becomes mercenary and not missionary. It becomes a substitute for the real thing rather than us sharing our faith one-on-one. Now, we see this pattern right out right out of the shoot in the book of Acts. They went to Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. So wherever we are, we are the incarnation of the gospel, and we share our faith. The fivefold gift of the evangelist is not just to be a soul winner, but to impart the soul-winning gifts and nature of God. So when we're in the presence of a genuine New Testament evangelist, somebody who's walking in an evangelistic anointing, it's not to take the job away from the believer, but it's to empower the believer to share their faith. And that's just as, as simple as that. And what does that mean in our culture? Now, I think, unfortunately... In the evangelical world, we've substituted acts of kindness for sharing our faith. I think the two ought to go together. But let me be real clear here. You can, you can be the nicest person in town. You can bake pies. You can, you can mow your neighbor's lawn. You can pick up trash on the side of the road. You can feed hungry people. And if you never mention the gospel, they're not going to get it. Romans 10 says, how shall they hear unless somebody tells them. I believe that the acts of kindness and acts of service do validate our message. But listen, they are never a substitute for the message. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and we've got to introduce people to Christ. And that can be done very simply. For me, it's usually done by asking a question rather than making a statement. You ask somebody, you see people every day, how are you doing? They answer something to you. You you can answer back with a gospel message. People ask me all the time how I'm doing. I say better than I deserve. Often that gets a response. Well, what do you mean by that? Or I wish I could say that. Well, here's how you can say that. Jesus treats me better than I deserve. I mean, I've had great encounters with people just over that, just being conscious. Okay, today I'm going out and I've got to run an errand, but you know, God probably has a bigger agenda than me getting grass seed. Okay, God probably has a bigger agenda than me getting a loaf of bread. And so if I'm thinking evangelistically, if I'm thinking spiritual wholeness, I'm going to get a lot more opportunities. One of the other great travesties that I've witnessed in my life is that we have discipleship programs that do not include evangelism. Discipleship without evangelism is not discipleship. It's a personal growth 
strategy. God bless you for your personal growth, but it's not discipleship because discipleship, the whole premise of discipleship is reproduction. And so in a lot of places, we've got disciples making disciples of disciples. And so I would say this, if you say that you're discipling somebody, part of that discipleship should be teaching to teaching them, demonstrating, taking them out, showing them how to share their faith with someone, exercising that muscle so they don't believe that it's the specialty of this person or that person. In other words, evangelism should be just as central to us as going to church is. It should be just as central to us as tithing is. It should be just as central to us as walking in forgiveness is. Just simply sharing our faith, inviting people to the claims of Christ, coming up in our own heart and our own life with the best question to ask that fits the circumstances of the engagement we're having with somebody. Uh, But again, I want to emphasize just doing acts of kindness is not enough. The Bible says that whatever we do, that we should do in word and deed in the name of Jesus. So that means bringing Jesus into that. So any act of kindness that I'm doing, I want to give God credit. I don't mind telling people, listen, the reason I'm doing this is because God cares about you, is because God loves you. He's sending a message to you. He wants to get your attention. And I wouldn't be doing this unless the Lord had redeemed my life. I'd just be living selfishly. I'd just be doing my own thing. Okay, I wouldn't be getting on a plane and going to Ukraine. I wouldn't be working to send missionaries to all over the world. I wouldn't be working with pastors that have healthy leaders and healthy churches that can multiply. I'd just be doing my own thing. So discipleship without evangelism is a breakdown. It becomes very selfish. It becomes very self Focused, and we do not want to go in that direction. So we talked about upward, inward, and outward. So if we want to have a healthy church, if we want to have a healthy leadership life, if we want to influence people, the best way to influence somebody, I think, in the whole world is to teach them how to share their faith. You know, I kind of have this little idea that if we could get most of the people in our churches to share their faith on a regular basis, we'd have a much happier congregation because we would be outward focused and we would have inward integrity and loving and caring and serving and encouraging one another because that was being done for the next person up. We would see that in light of, you know, tilling the ground uh, for that next person. Just something to really think about. Does your growth plan include evangelism? Are you praying for, seeking out, strategizing on how to reach your friend, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors? That's why you were born again. So that you could reproduce and give God great joy in the price he paid in claiming another soul for heaven. Hey, this is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. Thank you so much. Pass this on to somebody if you think it would be a blessing and take the challenge. Get ready to share your faith. The word of God is ninety even in our mouth. That is the word of faith that we preach in Jesus' name. Amen.
Discipleship without evangelism is not discipleship. It's just a personal growth strategy. Disciples make disciples. And part of that process should be teaching and demonstrating how to share your faith with someone. Evangelism should be just as central to us as going to church, tithing, or walking in forgiveness. Does your growth plan include evangelism? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.